Welcome back to another episode of the Deem and Keen podcast. We're coming here with episode three, uh, day after the Eagles suffer a tough defeat mm. in Minnesota at the hands of Kirk Cousins. Do you like that? No, I don't. <laughs> and uh, there's just a lot to be said about this game, but uh, you know, you just got to put it behind you. But yeah, they uh, they got uh, dominated from start to finish. Yeah, it, de- it definitely was wasn't a good game from from any perspective, and the team just didn't have it going. And again, it, it was a, basically a blowout loss from from start to finish. So we're gonna recap that here today and and get our both our feelings on on the game and and what happened and what it's gonna look like moving forward to Dallas. So like we were just talking about a thirty eight to twenty defeat for the Eagles in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Sunday. And it drops the Eagles at three and three, and I'll tell you what they they didn't look good. I'll tell you that much. Well, obviously, um, you know they uh, they they showed signs of life where they scored seventeen unanswered, but uh, just out of the from the get go, once again, another slow start. This is something that has to be fixed. Obviously, with each game, the flow is going to be different, but you can't come out this flat. And uh, you know they have a lot to. Uh, to look over in terms of film heading into, you know, this matchup against Dallas going to Jerry's world. But, you know, hopefully uh, they'll be able to fix it. You uh, obviously heard Doug making that uh, statement saying that we're going in there and getting a win. And I'm all for it, but you got to back it up. Yeah, I mean, with the way this team's playing, I wouldn't really say I was going to do much of anything except probably give up 20 to 30 points, not be able to cover <laughs> a wide receiver, and probably go scoreless in the first quarter because that's about all this team can – seem to do right now is basically not be able to stop the pass and not score to start the game and it's something that needs to be fixed and I know a lot of people today are questioning Doug Peterson and his play calling abilities and if you look back at the uh the Super Bowl year and how good they were in the first quarter was yeah. was it really Frank Reich and and Dee Filippo and and is Doug starting to kind of be exposed as a play caller and a game planner because I mean he might be a good in-game coach and being able to make adjustments in the game but these first quarter slow starts, they're starting to get old. And I get the Sean Jackson's out, and he makes a big difference being able to open up the field. But it shouldn't just be week in and week out of no points. Minnesota has a good defense, but now, I mean, this has basically been six weeks, whether it be Washington, New York, whoever they've played. I mean, they, they haven't been able to get anything going on, on the offensive end to start the games. Well, this is just trickling over into last year. Last year we blamed it on you know it being a hangover from the year before. But, uh, you know, like you said, in 2017, long gone are those days, it seems, where we, even if it was against a cupcake opponent, no matter what, we were, you know, stepping on their throats from the very beginning and not letting up. Um, do I think it can be fixed? Yeah. If you want me to be honest, I, you know, I love what Doug said. I, I love the confidence. And I think that we are going to go into Dallas and pull out the win. And, you know, as he said, at, at this very moment, you know, it seems like the sky is falling. But uh, I, I, I have confidence that th- this team's going to turn it around. But uh, I think it's going to be a, you know, grinded-out game in Dallas because you look at what's going on with the secondary right now, something's got to be done. Yeah, I mean, it just I, – I don't really have any confidence at all heading into next week's game because I just don't think there's any one part of the team that's playing well. Um, it's tough because, I mean, there's just some stuff like – Really? Like, did you – I get, like, you script plays to start the game, but, like, they came out on the first drive and just ran the ball right into the middle of the line of scrimmage three times and punted. Like, 
that's what you were coming out with on the road, whether you got the ball first or got it second. Like, you got the ball second, yeah. we're down 7 nothing, and you had a holding penalty on a play, which I think is ridiculous. If I'm the coach of the Eagles, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, whoever the hell's back there, mm-hmm. don't take the ball out of the end zone. We'll start every drive on the 25-yard line, and that's it. Nothing good can come of taking the ball out of that zone. One, none of you are explosive, and you're not running the ball back for a touchdown. And two, the only thing that's going to come of it, at best, you're probably going to get it right back to about the 25. But more than likely, in the the happy flag league, there's going to be a flag, and there's going to be holding. And we saw it yesterday. Like, why run the ball out? You just started at the seven-yard line, and, and it just killed your drive to start of the game. You're backed up inside your own 10. It's just stupid. Yeah. Just take the touchback. Start from the 25 and go from there. Yeah, and One first down, you're almost at the 40. Yeah, and look, and you just mentioned about flag after flag after flag. I'm I'm not going to try to be one of those guys, even how atrocious the officiating's been. You know, yeah, they're I'm, horrible. Yes. Oh, we, we know this. But that wasn't the reason why we lost yesterday. No, it's not the reason they lost the game. They lost the game because their defense can't stop a nosebleed and – all we heard about was how Minnesota can't pass, can't pass, can't pass. And I said, if I was Minnesota, I wouldn't run the ball once. <laughs> and if I was anybody, I would never run the ball, and I would just throw, throw, throw. And they did, and it worked. Um, we made Stephon Diggs look like Jerry Rice. Yeah, They are hitting one play, 50-yard touchdowns. Um, people were criticizing Doug on the one touchdown because he went for it at midfield, and the defense was struggling, and how would you? why would you risk turning the ball over in midfield because your defense is struggling? It didn't matter. I mean – Minnesota, if if we punted it, Minnesota just would have scored. It just wouldn't have been one play, 51 yards for a touchdown. It would have been like six plays or 75 yards and a touchdown. So they were going to score. It didn't matter. Like At that point, you're going to have to do everything you could to try to score 50 points and win the game 50 to 40 because you were never getting a stop. Yeah, and, you know, probably the thing that was most confounding to me about this loss was the fact that, you know, Russell Douglas, I like him. I actually think he's a good corner. But – the entire game, you had him, you know, matched up against Diggs. Why wouldn't you have him on Thielen, where I think he could have, you know, had a better chance at st- sticking with him? And then, but Douglas is not fast. Well, then who would have covered Diggs? A- exactly. You would have had Sidney Jones, he, and he, he got cooked how many times? Sidney Jones, I am willing to go out on a limb and say, if you put me in a 15-by-15 15 15 box with Sidney <laughs> Jones, I could break a tackle. If yeah. I just ran at him full speed, he would – will go to the ground, throw his body to the side, and do the Asante Samuel one-arm swipe, and I think I could just run right through it. I've never seen a guy who's less physical and more afraid of physical contact than Sidney Jones. Rasul Douglas, he has no foot speed. Don't get me wrong. That's and he can't was... run with fast receivers. But he'll he'll play guys tight. Exactly. If there's a runway, he's going to stick his nose in there. He's going to make tackles. He's physical. You know... He's limited in foot speed, so if he gets beat and it just the guy runs by him, I can't get mad at him for that. Like he's limited. That's that's his foot speed. He's not going to be able to stay with a fast receiver. But Sidney Jones, there's no excuse for not being able to step up and, and make a tackle, or at least put your body on somebody. And it's so frustrating. Like I at least respect Rasul Douglas. He'll stick his yeah. his nose in there and try to make a play. I mean, Maddox is a little undersized, but he'll stick his nose in there. Um, I think Jalen Mills is kind of the same way. I mean, obviously he hasn't played this year, but not the fastest guy, and everybody always gets frustrated because he'd get beat, but at least he'll, he'll be physical. Um, where Darby's kind of more the same thing with, with Jones, where they're just so soft and, and not physical. Where Darby has the foot speed, he still gets but burned. But when it comes to 50-50 balls, <laughs> he, he, he just gets out-muscled every He still gets time. burned. It doesn't matter because he doesn't know how to actually read a route. <laughs> but 
I can't stand just the absolute lack of physical play. I mean, you watch the Jets play the Cowboys, and every guy on that Jets defense Adams was is making plays flying around and just making hard contact with, with offensive players. I mean, Zeke was coming through the hole and just getting absolutely popped. Whether he was getting one yard or 12 yards, he was still feeling it at the end of every play. And they were putting hard hits on Prescott. It's just like the Eagles' corners are so soft. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and like I said, like I – I actually do like Douglas, but he has to be matched up against the right guy. I mean, and another thing is that how much how much blame is going to be put on Jim Schwartz? Because it seems like every single he, – he does not, you know, change change up the matchup in game. He'll leave the same corner on whatever side of the field, and he'll stick there for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, in defense of Jim Schwartz, he's kind of pigeonholed into a situation where he doesn't really have much to work with. It's kind of yeah, like the Gabe Kapler problem with his pitchers. It's like – all right, yeah, Douglas isn't fast enough to cover Thielen, but I can just guarantee you Sidney Jones won't cover. I'm sorry, he's not fast enough to cover Diggs. Well, Sidney Jones won't cover him either, and Craig James shouldn't be in the NFL, and whoever else is even on the team can't cover Diggs either. So it's kind of like the Nick Pavetta can't get anybody out, <laughs> but neither can Nick Vincent, and neither can Mike Warren, and neither can Blake Parker. So, like, when everybody stinks, you really don't have another option, and, like, Everybody wants to criticize the pass rush, but, like, it's physically impossible to get to the quarterback in two seconds. The wide receivers are open so fast, like, yeah. you literally can't get there. Like, the few times that our corners do cover, we usually get around the quarterback, get near him, put a little pressure on, but you can't. The defensive end can only get to the quarterback so fast, and when you have a nine-yard bump on a receiver and he just runs an eight-yard out route or an eight-yard in, and just catches it wide open, you literally can't get there. They just throw the ball right in front of the corners. We miss a tackle, and then the guy has eight or nine yards more after the original. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying, though, is that, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you're you're seeing this happen. You can't make that in-game switch and say, hey, listen, Douglas, you, you cover Thielen, and, you know, uh, uh, Jones, like you said, however soft he may be, which he is, he still would have had a better chance keeping up with Diggs. Would he have? Probably not, but... When you see that, you you obviously see you have a much slower corner on a speedster like like Diggs, and he just got burnt, you know, three times. Wait, yeah, I mean, uh, two of those he had gotten burnt on, yeah, and then the, who? The one who, in uh, the goal line situation yeah. was was Jones, but I actually don't even really have a problem with the first one because Jones kind of jumped the out route, and I actually didn't mind that play because the worst thing that happened was he he ran he ran that back corner, and, and you make Cousins put the ball in a perfect spot, and he did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it looked like there was a busted coverage on the one touchdown where McLeod and uh, Douglas weren't on the same page. Yep. So we don't really know what he was, was expecting really help. supposed to happen there. Douglas kind of – it's not even that he got Bernie, just like turned him loose and nobody yeah. was back there. But, again, that's that's another just busted assignment. And that's the problem when you have linebackers that are no good and corners that are no good put you in a really tough spot with your safeties because if you leave them deep, if you play too deep safety because your corners can't cover – then your linebackers also can't cover because the Eagles by far have the slowest linebackers in the NFL. So now you're just going to get gouged by tight ends, running backs out of the backfield. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins, you might as well not even call him a safety. The guy just plays in the middle of the field, basically at the line of scrimmage. Like He's basically just another linebacker. And then McLeod's coming up to help. But then if they come up to help, your corners can't cover one-on-one, -on -one, so they get burnt. So you're yeah. basically, this is the problem with when your front office over and over again tries to tell you that linebacker's not an important position when it is. Um, it, Michael Kendricks wasn't a good player, 
but he was athletic and he could run and cover some guys. Yeah. Between Nigel Bradham, the recently released Zach Brown, and Nate Jerry, the, the foot speed, I mean, they just can't cover anyone. Gruje Hill can kind of move a little bit, but he's just not a good player. I mean, he's not a he's a special team hero that's trying to play linebacker because he's just better than everyone else who stinks. Yeah, and j- I was actually just going to go to that. You know, what what's going to happen at the linebacker position? You know, just an hour before we uh, – we ended up starting recording this thing. Uh, you know, we find out that Zach Brown got released. Now, why do you think that he got released? Was it performance or was it the comments that he made that stoked the fire? And, you know, about Kirk Cousins saying that we're just going to let him throw all day and he ended up torching us. Uh, what do you think that is? Because now that you've released Zach Brown, you're not you're, you're thin at linebacker. Now you're going to be promoting who? T.J. Edwards. He was very good at uh, at Wisconsin. But, you know, this you're bringing in a. You know, a, a you know an unsigned rookie, and you're hoping that he's gonna give you a jolt. But what yeah, are we gonna I do? don't really know. I think they they got that guy Duke Riley too that yeah, they traded true. for from the Falcons. But again, if like the Falcons are trading a midseason, he's obviously not. If you trade him like week three or four, he's obviously not very yeah. impactful. Um, so yeah, I mean, who knows where they're gonna go? Who knows why he was released? I think it's a an odd move. Whether it's for the comments, not for the comments, yeah. they're just not a good enough team it, to be in a position to just be sending home defensive players. It's it's making me think that there's something a little bit more deep seated that maybe somebody confronted them, which I don't think somebody would, but maybe somebody in the locker room confronted them after the game, and maybe they had a little bit of a blowout, and they said, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with this. I don't think that's it, but I I don't know. Maybe they're just saying that hey, we're trying to move on from you. But as I stated in the uh, the first episode. I really thought that that was a great move. I thought that was a discount move. You got a great tackler, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, it just it's kind of odd that they just release him just like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just a bad game all around. The offense kind of got going in that second quarter and that span a little bit, and then right out in the third quarter they were moving. I think they had 17 unanswered. But at the end of the day, when you can't get stops, it, it's hard to get back in a game. And time and time again, we'll see the defense. They'll give up a lot of points early. Then the other team will kind of go into this lull. The Eagles get back in it, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they can get it to like a three or six point game, it's just immediate, like on command touchdown from yeah. the other team. Gets it right back to a ten point game. Uh, just takes the momentum right away from and you're you. Just stuck in a hole all over again. And um, you know, now looking ahead to next week, th- this is this is pivotal. We have to win this game. And uh, you know, sure we're going to be getting Darby back, and we're going to be getting Mills back. But Mills hasn't played since last October. And Darby, I, I honestly think that he's not that good. Uh, you know, ha, what do you think is going to happen? Sure, Amari Cooper, he's, he m- might play, but if so, he'll be hampered by that, uh, was it a thigh bruise? Yeah, I don't even know what the actual injury was. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to hope Darby and Mills and maybe Maddox play, and then you can make uh, Douglas like that fourth corner and rotate some other guys in, probably tell Craig James, thank you, but go back to the practice squad. Um Honestly, I'm, I I don't they'll never do it. But I would just you're gonna release a player. I would release Sidney Jones. The guy stinks. Yeah. Can't play. He's always hurt. He's not physical. He it he he's a waste. They missed again. They haven't drafted well, and it was Sidney Jones was just another flat out miss. You know what's hilarious? Remember at the beginning of the season that I said that I thought that the secondary, well corners specifically. We're going to be one of our strongest units. Yeah, they're the worst on the team. Yeah, yeah, it kind of went south. But, uh, you know, it's just something has to be done. And, you know, the trade deadline's coming up in, what, two weeks? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, everybody can scream and yell, and they should just trade a trade, make a trade. Like, it's not if, that simple. If, they could ju- if it was, like, Madden, 
2020 or 2019 <laughs> and you could just you know make whatever trade and the computer would accept that i'm pretty sure how we would do it but it's not that easy to just make a trade um i think here over the next week or so depending on seeing uh what teams do probably next week some guys will become available and i mean you got to believe jalen ramsey's available their owner I said again coming into this week that he was definitely going to play and then he just did the old my back sore. Yeah. Um, I can't play. So I mean, it it seems like he's he he wants out of there. Whether the Eagles have what it takes or will be able to make the best offer, who knows? But I mean, at some point, you need cornerbacks. Whether you're going to get them in free agency or something. So if you have the ability to make a trade for one, you might as well and get them for this year, and then hopefully have them for the future. Um, so who really knows what they're actually going to do? Now listen, I would you know in a heartbeat. You know, think about it. We're going to be in contention for the next five years at least. That that that's the goal. So you're thinking that okay, possibly. And that's that's how I'm looking at it. All right. You know, I think that you know, it, in that case, your first rounders are going to be you know, from pick 25 to 32. That's going to be a late first round. They're not saying if you draft well, you're going to find it. Obviously, you know, that's a that's a great pick. But if you think about it. I would give up, you know, two. I mean, they're three and three right now. I could see a very clear path stop, to a seven stop, and nine stop. season. Stop. See, this is the thing. You can't be having the sky fall down yet. I think that they still are going to rebound from this. But anyway, you know, you think about it. You're going to have a late draft pick, you know, in the first round. Why wouldn't you want to give up maybe one or two to go get a guy like Patrick Peterson, possibly? You know, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, that almost seems far-fetched now. I, I, I don't know if, you know, unless Howie can work some magic, I don't know if it's going to happen. And like you said before, you're going to have to pay him, you know, a boatload once he gets here. And, you know, but if you could go after a guy like Peterson, who we've been, you know, rumored to be going after for the past, what, three seasons probably? Right. You know, it seems like it always pops up. That's a guy who I would love to go out and get. And if you have to only give up, you know, one or two first-rounders or a first-rounder and one of the, one of the corners, you'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't think anybody in the NFL wants any cornerback that's currently on the Eagles roster. This is true. Um, so, my thing is, you, you we can just kind of play a guessing game and hope and wish they get a corner, but until it happens, it really doesn't matter. So, you got to worry about, like, the team that's at hand. And they have talent, but I just think they're they're so far behind when it comes to some things that they've already put themselves in a hole losing games they shouldn't have lost and – it's just not looking good for him right now. I, I, I really don't have a lot of confidence in them. Um, I, yesterday showed me without the addition of a, of a defensive back, this team, the, their first-round playoff exit. That's what they are. I don't like looking at it like that, but obviously we do need to do something. And, uh, you know, there are guys out there, and if Howie wants to be aggressive and he's, you know, he wants to actually make an impact, he has to go out and get a guy like Patrick Peterson. Now, let me ask you this. Looking at this game, how would you have graded Carson Wentz's performance? I thought I thought he played pretty well. Same here. Um, I didn't see every single play of the game because I was at at an event mm-hmm. and I was kind of catching plays here and there on my phone and stuff like that. But I saw basically all of it. Um, I didn't. I kind of checked out uh, at thirty eight twenty. Like the last interception, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see it like at first. But like obviously that's a play like where. You're just forcing a throw late in the game and, exactly. and, and try to make something happen. But, I mean, I don't know. Like he threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. He, I'm not counting the interception. Like you, I don't know what more you could have expected out of him. He played played a good game. I think he didn't really make many mistakes. I think maybe missed one or two throws that he shouldn't have made. But I, I thought he played well for the most part. He was absolutely not the reason why we lost this game whatsoever. And uh, you know, I just. Uh, 
I see people trying to gloss over all of the flaws right now on our, on the defensive side of the ball, and they try to you know nitpick and you know see what you know Carson might have went wrong during this game. But I just you know I, he did nothing wrong, and I think that uh, you know it, it just it, it this loss, in my opinion, solely goes on the defense and in particular the secondary. Yeah, I mean, just not, just not a good game all around. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was, it's just a, I, it wasn't a game that I was really expecting them to win like a hundred percent. Like obviously, you see a game at Minnesota in the regular season on the road. Like that's a tough game. They're a good team. So, am I? I'm not upset they lost. I'm. It's just frustrating the way they lost because there looks like the appears there's no end in sight. Like they play Dallas this week. If Cooper plays. They'll probably give up 300 yards. Um, the Bills stink, but who knows? Um, uh, Allen, who knows? Uh, Brady's going to throw for 500 against the Eagles. I mean, who? I can't confidently say that they'll slow down Trubisky if he plays. I mean, that Chase Daniel might just think and dunk him to death because they can't even stop something underneath. I just don't feel any confidence unless they're playing the Redskins. Dolphins, maybe, where I feel confident that our defense will stand up enough to give us a chance to win. Now, to your point, though, if Howie does, you know, go out and make a move for a corner, does that does your outlook change? I mean, yeah. Um, they're still going to – the guy's going to have to come in and be implemented into the scheme and learn. Yeah, so it's going to be tough to do on the fly, and it depends on who the corner is. Um if they get a shutdown corner, then yeah, obviously they become a much better defense. But again, until that happens, I can't think about that, and it's not going to happen before they play Dallas Sunday. So I have zero confidence going into the Dallas game. I see. I'm on the other end. I, I you know, I'm without a doubt, you know, nowhere's near giving up on this team. Never do. But you know, I, and obviously, you know, this was a terrible showing. You know, this this past Sunday. Uh, but I, I think that they're going to go into Dallas and they're going to, you know, take care of business. I think that, honestly, if you can contain Zeke, you know, Dallas, that that's how their offense runs. It's, it's through Zeke. I'm not worried about Dak Prescott at all. So, honestly, if you contain Zeke, I think that we will win this game. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I Again, I, did, I have no confidence. I think you, you underrate Dak Prescott because he's a cowboy. Um, no. He's a lot better than people give him credit for. Um, he's a good quarterback. He makes very few mistakes, and he's super accurate. And the biggest, the easiest way to beat the Eagles is to be accurate with your passes and put balls on target. And he's going to do that. And he's going to complete a lot of passes. And they can't tackle. And he also I, just lost to the Jets, who have a one thousand times better defense than the Eagles. We everybody wants to laugh and and discredit because the Cowboys lost to the Jets. I'm not so sure that if Darnold didn't play against the Eagles, the Eagles wouldn't have eh. lost to the Jets. I was actually the, thinking the that Eagles too. scored 17 points offensively, and they were terrible against the Jets. They just got two defensive touchdowns that made them look better. If you took away yeah. the defensive touchdowns, the Eagles did not win that game comfortably. They didn't move the ball. They were inaccurate. They were they stymied out on drives. They punted a lot. They did not look good. So yeah, everybody wants to laugh and make fun of the Cowboys for losing to the Jets, but like. The Jets shut down the Cowboys' offense just like they shut down the Eagles' offense. It just so happened that the Cowboys weren't able to turn around and score 14 points. 
because they didn't get to play against Luke Falk. They had to play against a guy who's actually not a terrible quarterback. Yeah, I was actually thinking that. Like, say Darnold had come back, you know, a week prior. He would have thrown for 300 yards probably because he was not going to. It would have been definitely a much tighter game. But I still think we would have won that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I just – I personally feel that we're going to pull this game out. And I think that, uh, you know, realizing that this is for first place in the East – and this can, you know, dictate what's going to happen going forward. And the next time we face the Cowboys is week 16 at home. You know, the, the whole season could come down to that week. But winning this game, especially knowing, you know, the tough stretch, albeit at home, you obviously have the Bills away, but then you have the Bears, Pats, and Seahawks at home. You know, you, you have to win this game. Jesus. What? I forgot we played Seattle. That'll yeah. be fun. Sunday night. That, that'll be Russell Wilson, 285 passing yards. 75 rushing yards all over the place, us chasing him around, not being able to get to him. Brandon Graham running 75 yards vertical up the field, and Wilson just stepping right through the pocket. This is all I'm going to say is that, you know, say we go out and make a move for a guy like Patrick Peterson. you got to stop saying that. I know. It's it's an if. It's an if. But, you know, even if not, I mean, you're, you're holding on to hope that somehow something can turn around and the secondary can start playing better. But – I, I, all I know is that I'm not giving up on this year, no, without a doubt. It's only week six, and you know I I, I still firmly believe that we're going to be making a run. Yeah, I, I they've way way too many. I don't care if that sounds blinded, but they've way way too many good teams and have not shown one time this year that that they can put a complete game together. So that has to be I fixed. have, liter- but it, it might not be a, a matter of fixing. Maybe they're just not very good, and that's what they are. They're an inconsistent team who can't play four quarters. I think that's false. If you, you Why? Know. What is what is fault? Like they're they have an above average running back, kind of, and then a rookie who has no experience and nothing else. They have one receiver that you can count on. They have a tight end who's disappeared. Yeah. They have that, an that, offensive that's line one of who's most been bad. Things. They have a front who's old and can't get to the quarterback. They have linebackers who stink, corners who stink, and two safeties who are pretty good, but really they're just caught in the middle of having to make up for two like terrible position groups in the linebackers and the corners. So there's not one part of the, the team, and they have an incons- quarterback who I think is good but is incredibly inconsistent. So there's not one thing about this team that I think I can count on to – put together multiple weeks in a row where one facet of the team gets going and carries them. There's just not. I I just believe that, you know. They play like too said, many maybe, good offenses and defenses hope, in a row. I, I believe that we're going to turn the ship around, but that's just me. I think that, you know, we have plenty of weapons on offense. Obviously. Who? You know, obviously, you know, DJ's after after week one. You know, He's went played down literally right like Falcons 30 game. snaps. How can you count on him? You're right, and you know that's something that they didn't, you know, plan ahead for just in case because you know that he has a history of injuries. Uh, but you know, if he comes back this week, that makes a a world of a difference. And I think that uh, you know, I I just think that right now, uh, to what Fletcher Cox said, they're in their own heads. And I understand that. Oh, you know, that's you an, say, that's I, an I, excuse. I, I, they're yeah, just not good. No, I mean the thing is though. What, what about why? What did they do in the Viking team that was in their own heads? What? How did they beat? I'm not they didn't in the beat them. Room. They didn't beat themselves. They got flat out beat yeah. by a team that's better than them. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, we just we just got dominated. Like saying we're in our own heads is saying like, or we beat ourselves is saying, 
it was a close game late, and it was fourth and 15, and we got a stop, but we got a targeting penalty. Not – we gave up 300 passing yards, two 50-yard touchdowns. Stephon Diggs had a field day. Kirk Cousins couldn't be stopped. We got embarrassed. Cook There's ran no it other well. way to put like, it. Fletcher Cox, that's just a cop-out for I haven't played good, and I'm just – I, I, I can't – he hasn't generated nearly as mu- enough pressure as he should have. It's a bad excuse, and I, I can't stand that. Own up and just say we're not a very good team right now, and we got to get better. Not We can't get out of our own way. Well, that's a, that's a part of it. It's, it's Because so, of it's, that, they're not playing well. They're not looking bad. like a team that they can be. I just I don't think. I think you look position group by position group, and I think it, they are exactly what they are. 3-3, three and three, a team that's probably going to hopefully go 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. That, That's what this team is. Yeah. I'm, I I don't know. I just I think you know it's going to change. Right, but what for like what makes you believe that they can string wins, multiple wins together week in and week out against the teams they're playing that are literally better like teams said, than them. I I think that we have the talent. Obviously, you know they're gonna have to upgrade in terms of secondary and now at linebacker. Now you just release Zach Brown, who you who you had signed to try to solidify the middle, and then you know Nigel Bradham's in a walking boot. And, you know, now you're going to have who? Uh, Jerry, uh, Grugier Hill. Yeah, and, and the problem is, I, like, I understand it's that not the MLB. Like, teams don't like trading players in the I NFL. Know. So, like, also, like, why? what gives, like, any team any reason to help the Eagles get better? Like, they don't, they don't want to do that. Like, so, unless you're going to blow somebody away with this big offer, which they really honestly can't do because – they're going to need all the draft picks they can get because they need like 10 well, new players on the team. Say you get Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals. And what are they now, 2-3-1? and one? Right, but why would the but Cardinals the, just give you their like best defensive player? If you're player, giving them a first-rounder for They're in them. your conference. Uh, still, though, the, if you're giving them a first-rounder, they're going to they're gonna take that, especially if they're not planning on bringing them back. Right, but you don't know that they're planning on bringing them back when you're just hoping and like praying that, that they want to give you their best player basically for nothing in, instead of – looking in the mirror and saying Howie Roseman did an awful job with this roster and they're not very good. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at this offseason, I think that, you know, I don't know who they would have went after, but bringing back Darby and, you know, pegging him as your number one corner, I was just like, nah, I, I had a bad feeling about that from the get-go. I personally thought that, you know, Douglas, the, the, the trio of Douglas, Jones, and Maddox were really going to step up. But uh, to this point, it's just been uh, just I mean, been just sloppy. look at what the Cowboys have done through the draft, and look at the players, the good young talent yeah. they have on their defense, and then we're running out there, Sidney Jones, yeah, Avante Maddox, like these guys can't play. We I, we're all fired up over Cravon LeBlanc, like the guy was literally a waiver player that we threw in there, and he played good for a couple of weeks, and we got all fired up and gave him the contract extension. He could come out and absolutely stink. I mean, he hasn't really proven anything. He played a couple of good games, and we I, – I just don't – I don't know. There, there's just nothing about the Eagles right now that gives me any confidence. Like, yeah, I'm going to root for him. I want him to win, but I don't I don't think they'll beat Dallas this week. I, I absolutely do not think they will go in there and win. There's nothing about them as a team that gives me the confidence that they can go win that game. Even your quarterback? No, he... If it comes he, down to a shootout, you wouldn't rather Carson over Dak? Well, no, because he's literally has barely won any close games, and he's barely ever beaten the Cowboys. You would take Cowboys. Carson over Dak? Next week, I would not take okay. Carson Wentz to beat Dak Prescott in Dallas. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he is. And like I said, sure, I might be blinded a little bit because you know I'm just holding on to hope that we're going to turn this around. But I really, truly do think we will. 
And, you know, obviously when you come off of a performance like this, it's obviously not looking promising. But I, I just think, you know, I feel it in my bones. We're going to go into Dallas. We're going to win this game and then go from there. Right. Well, I will have to disagree because I do not think the Eagles can stop the Cowboys offense. And, and I think the offense for the Eagles is too inconsistent to just go on the road and, and win a game right now versus a good team. I mean, like I said, I think that if you can contain Zeke, we win this game. I don't think that, obviously, you know, if you look at the, you know, last season's matchup in uh, in Dallas, you know, Cooper, how many yards did he did he go for in that game? It was like 200 and some. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to be a repeat of that. I think that, you know. Well, I, why, but why don't you? Well, I mean, if he's – we don't even know if he's going to play the game. Right. But, like, what – we saw, like, the like what beats Dak Prescott? You got to get a pass rush on them. You got to yeah. stop Zeke. Well, the Eagles so can't rush comes, the passer. It all comes down. They you can't know, keep a passer in the pocket. Jason Witten will probably have ten catches because he'll just run that six-yard turnaround in the middle of the field. They'll throw the ball short to Randall Cobb. They'll throw it to Zeke. There's nothing about the Eagles' defense that believes that I think they can get pressure on, finish a sack, and stop Prescott from just sitting back there and just throwing his eight-yard, ten-yard passes in which he'll just accurately pick them apart and move right down the field time and time again. Yeah, I mean, obviously this game will be one in the trenches. And, you know, if if our run defense, you know, plays how it has been, sure, like they, they were gashed many times by Cook and uh, Madison in uh, this past Sunday's loss. But I think that, you know, if you can, you know, contain Zeke and get pressure on uh, Dak, obviously, you know, you have a shot to win this game. But if you give him enough time to, you know, go and try and uh, throw downfield to Cooper – or Gallup, or whoever it may be, we're going to be in trouble. I, look, I, I understand. There's there's much to be to be worried about right now, but I just have a gut feeling that this team's going to turn it around. Yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that I don't think I Carson am, yeah. Wentz is like good enough to beat Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott and his team will beat Carson Wentz and his team. And I just I think my prediction is going to be 27 to 20. Dallas. I, I I don't you know I I just think we're gonna pull it out. Uh, I think that it's uh gonna be a close game, obviously, but I I just think we're gonna pull it out. All right, so that basically wraps up our uh, talk here on the Eagles and what we saw in that just atrocity of an of a performance in in Minnesota this weekend, and and looking forward to a huge NFC East game in Dallas. The Eagles did get lucky with the Jets pulling off that win. Uh, keeps, I think it went from, it was a must-win game if, uh, if the if the Cowboys beat the Jets like they should have. Now, obviously, you still want to win. You don't want to lose a game to the Cowboys when you're going to be fighting for the division with them. But it, it doesn't become. I mean, it was almost going to be like a life or death situation type game if the Cowboys won and the Eagles lost. Where now. It's not the end of your season if you lose, but you, you still need to get that win, especially with some of these other teams. I mean, now the Vikings and Lions are going to have the tiebreaker over you when it comes to wild card. Um, you still got to play Seattle. Uh, I mean, th- that that division is going to get two teams. That that AFC or NFC West is probably going to get two teams now. With with the Niners starting five and zero, and their next three games, I think, are like Washington, Arizona. And somebody else, not I was looking like they could legitimately start eight and and if they start eight and I mean they're in the playoffs. They're gonna make they're gonna make a playoff spot. And the Rams and the Seahawks are both good enough teams that one of them is probably gonna 
win enough games to make the playoffs as well. And the NFC North, the way it is, looks like they're going to produce two playoff teams. So, I mean, the Eagles and Cowboys are going to have to watch themselves because it might be a one-team NFC East this year. Yeah, and I think it's going to come down to that. And that's why it's so pivotal to win this game, uh, you know. And I think that, uh, you know, I th the season probably will come down to Week 16. Uh, but you're looking at it right now. The Eagles probably they'll win this division at 10-6. and six. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, yeah, you just have to beat the Cowboys. If you don't beat the Cowboys, yes. you probably yeah, won't you don't win have to worry. 10 and 6. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about the Redskins. You don't have to worry about the Giants. But that's why I, knowing, you know, everything surrounding this game, I think that they're just going to find a way, you know, to 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 get this done. I, I just don't think that, you know, that they're just going to go in there and be, come out flat like they have been. I think that, you know, they, they I'm certainly I, – I know there's certain – I know that they certainly hear, you know, the critics, you know, saying, "Oh, we can't come out and, uh, you know, we come out flat in all these in all these games." But I think that they're. I just think they're going to get it done. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Doug can get it together and put together some sort of game plan that moves the ball in the first quarter because you just can't keep coming out and going no points, three points, no points, over and over and over again. And something Carson Wentz has got to figure out a way. He he's just. It, it's like it takes him two drives every every game to get into the flow of things. He's always inaccurate and always just like his timing's just late on the first drive. It's just something that can't happen. With a defense as bad as it is, like you got to assume now your defense isn't good and it's not changing until something drastic shows you that's going to change. Like you got to operate knowing, hey, look, we're going to, they're averaging just a tick under 27 points a game, but like they're going to have to do that the rest of the way. Like they're going to have to be a team that they're not going to win many games because of their defense. There's not going to be many 20-16, to 20-13 wins for this team. I mean, you would hope when they play teams like Miami and, and Washington, they can hold those teams down. But, I mean, if, if Saquon's back when the Eagles play the Giants, the Eagles just aren't going to hold the Giants to six points. The Giants will get their points. The Giants have enough weapons on, on their offense. And now they're getting Barkley they'll, back. Right. They'll have Barkley. They'll have Tate. They'll, they'll get Ingram. They'll get their points. Um, So... The offense is just going to have to figure out a way to get it going and find something that gets them in that groove. And it, the frustrating thing is, like we saw with the Green Bay game, it's almost like when it's a short week, Doug simplifies it and, and they they click. And then you get in these weeks with full preparation, and they try to make everything so confusing and so intricate, and it's not necessary. You, they don't have the weapons to do that. They have one very 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 good wide receiver in Alshon Jeffrey, who just you know what you're getting from him every week. You have Nelson Aguilar, who you have no clue what he's going to do. He might have no catches. He might have six. He might catch a deep ball for a touchdown. You just literally don't know what you're getting from him. And then Matt Collins, who has one catch at 109 How snaps. How many snaps? Yeah. And hopefully you get Jackson back. But who? At what capacity is is he going to be at 70 percent? Like, is he going to want run 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 one route and just be hurt again? Like, who knows? So you can't even count on him at this point. And we t heard all this stuff about how good Dallas Goddard was and this two tight ends, and they don't use it effectively. Like, er Ertz has been non-existent for all the people that yelled at Wentz throws the ball to Ertz too much. We haven't seen that this year because Ertz never catches the ball anymore. And Goddard's good for all of, like, three catches for 30-some yards a game. We we were fed that this offense was going to use two tight ends in the middle of the field and how great they were going to be, and we just haven't seen it yet. And I don't know if – I mean, there's some disconnect between Doug Peterson, Mike Groh, Deuce Staley, that whole offensive staff. Just, they're just not on the same page, and it's frustrating. 
Yeah, and you know, I I was really expecting a lot out of Goddard this year, and it's not like he hasn't gotten the opportunities. You know, think about think back to the Lions game. You know, that that ball was right, perfectly thrown square in his hands, and he just, and he just dropped it. it. Yeah. And you know, that's happened uh, in a couple games this year, like the the drop against the Falcons. That was a big play. You know, I just uh, I look. I know I know it sounds it sounds stupid to just be blindly. You know, putting hope in that this team's going to turn it around, but I, I just, I feel like they have too much talent that's just been, you know, underperforming thus far, and I just, I, I think that they're, for, you know, for some reason, I think that they're going to turn it around. Well, we'll have to see what plays out in Dallas this weekend coming up. Again, we'll have Sunday night football. Hopefully, we'll find out some more throughout this week, injury report-wise, who's going to play, if Jackson will be available, if Maddox will be available, if Bradham most likely won't be. Uh, Cooper, that's going to be a big one. I mean, if he plays, I think, that whether he's 100% or 70%, if he's on the field, it's going to make a difference. Um, So it'll be really interesting. But again, Eagles, Cowboys this Sunday, and... You know, may the best team win, and, and we hope for the best. Yeah, and I know that you don't have a lot of confidence, but let's just hope that uh, they can do it. Again, so thanks, everybody, for listening here. So far, we're on episode three, just coming out here to you. Um, and if you could just help us out and give us a follow on Twitter, uh, we are at Deem and Keen Pod, and, and the name of it is the demon keen podcast you'll be able to find us at demon keen pod on spotify and we're just going to keep getting it out there getting the links out there and everybody can just follow retweet give a like pass it along we'd appreciate it and again we just thank you for listening and just helping us grow here as we get started out see you